Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Every day. It is Chris Russell with you. This is episode number 342 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. Great to have you with us. We have a lot coming up on this show. We will get to our first part of Eye on the Enemy, a offensive statistical preview and look at the Buffalo Bills. If you missed Crossover Wednesday, that was episode number 341, dated 10-30-19. A little bit on Trent Williams at the beginning, and then Joe Marino, the host of the Locked on Bills podcast, uh, and does a tremendous job covering the NFL draft as well. And I got together and had an exhaustive look at the Bills and the Redskins, but we'll give you a statistical approach look at the offense. We'll do the defense coming up in episode number 343. So, away we go. We're going to hear from Bill Callahan on Trent Williams because there's a lot going on there. First, let's get you the news that came out of that press conference or came out of Redskins Park today that won't be addressed in the press conference. We'll do that. So, much like J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington reported on Tuesday, my friend Ben Standig of The Athletic also reported that Trent Williams has no desire, no intention, to play for the Washington Redskins. Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, as you're going to hear, Trent Williams failed his physical and did not practice. You'll hear the reason why. But Trent Williams apparently um, can't put on his helmet. And Bill Callahan will explain it in a little bit more detail. Um, Because of the procedure that he had done or because it's still healing, we don't know exactly. There's some medical privacy issues. There's some issues and some logistics that we have to hop around here. Apparently, Trent Willie or the Redskins have two weeks to try and find a helmet situation that Trent Williams will be suited up for so that he can play. Apparently, if they can find it, he'll play. If he can't, uh, that's where the interesting part is going to happen because he could be put on IR. He could be um, forced to play against his will, which I, I don't see him doing. And he could also basically walk away and file a grievance against the Redskins. Or the Redskins could file a grievance against him. So... <laughs> This figures to be kind of messy. So we will let Bill Callahan fill in some of the blanks on that coming up in just a little bit. As well, you know, there is a football game coming up this Sunday. The Redskins 1-7, sure. It's the last game before the bye. Boy, would it be nice for them to go into Buffalo. Uh, And I haven't looked at the weather forecast yet, um, But it's never nice in Buffalo at this time of the year. It's usually windy and rainy and cold and uh, potentially snowy. Um, The bottom line is this. It is going to be almost impossible for the Redskins to win this game. Number one, Buffalo is pretty damn good. Um, Number And they're not bad on offense either. Don't get fooled by that, as we'll explain. Number two, they're angry about how they performed both on offense and defense, but especially on defense – Last week against the Philadelphia Eagles, a much more highly skilled team with many more weapons than the Washington Redskins. I would be stunned if the Redskins play well and execute well in this game. I mean, they don't do that normally. This game reeks of, 
I hate to say it, it reeks of like 35-3, to quite honestly. I don't know if the Bills can get that high. I don't know if the Redskins will be that low, but that's what it reeks of, if I'm being totally honest. It's what it reeks of. I hope not, but that's what it reeks of. Um, So you have that situation uh, as well. The Redskins, just so you know, again, are going to go on by after Sunday. Now, we know there won't be a coaching change because Bill Callahan's already replaced Jay Gruden. You kind of wonder whether there would be a defensive coordinator change, right? Because Greg Minuski was retained, much to everybody's dismay. Uh, the, the Redskins defense has actually played pretty well of late. I think they're looking for their fourth straight game holding an opponent to 20 points or less. Since the Patriots game, where they got blown out, they did a good job for the first quarter. The Miami win, under 20. The San Francisco shutout loss, that was 9-0. And, of course, 19-9 at Minnesota. So this would be the fourth straight game if the Redskins could keep the Buffalo Bills under 20 points. And it's not inconceivable. It's not unheard of. It probably isn't likely, but it's not inconceivable. If they can hold them under 20, that's good. That's four straight games, even though the offense obviously hasn't done their part. The defense is finally starting to round into shape. So, without further ado, what we're going to do is take our first time out, and we're going to turn it over to head coach Bill Callahan. So you can hear from the interim head coach of the Washington Redskins right here on LOR. And again, we will have our eye on the enemy segment uh, still to come. Don't forget, guys, Peloton is offering a limited-time offer. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Go to OnePeloton.com and use the promo code LOCKED to get started. That's OnePeloton.com and use the promo code LOCKED to get started. Coming up, Bill Callahan with reporters on Wednesday at Redskins Park. This is Locked on Redskins. As a true football fan, you already know, Just as sure as the seasons change, Tom Brady will keep the Patriots in the game and then some. We're almost halfway through the NFL season, so now is time to get off the sidelines, guys, and get in the game. With MyBookie, MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all of your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines, the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, and you should do the smart thing and bet with the best at my bookie. If you're tired of watching the games from a couch with nothing a game, my bookie wants to get your mind off of everything else and back on the game. The best part is, if you join me right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000. That's double your initial deposit that you can use on all of your favorite picks. Use the promo code Locked On to activate the offer. That's promo code Locked On to double your cash and visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, this is Locked On Redskins, episode number 342. Of LOR. Good to have you with us. I'm Chris Russell. As always, make sure you follow at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins as well. You can email me, Russellmania09 at gmail.com. Without further ado, we go to interim head coach Bill Callahan meeting with reporters on Wednesday at Redskins Park. It was good to get Trent Williams back in the building today. Uh, that was a good thing. We had a good discussion. 
uh, we visited for a good hour or so and just uh, just shared a lot of thoughts and uh, conversations and and uh, really that was just an extent of you know just uh, our relationship in the past uh, unfortunately uh, today he couldn't practice uh, he did not pass the physical there was discomfort with his helmet and the fitting of it so that's where we're at as of today and uh, we'll take Trent's situation day to day when you said there was a discomfort, is it because of the surgery he had? Is that? I would imagine so, John. I don't know all the specifics yet, but all I know is that the helmet didn't, it wasn't uh, comfortable, a little discomfort in there. I'm sure it would be uh, a part of the acclimation period, you know, and getting him back on the field is, that was where it was going to start anyhow, where it was going to begin, so. Will he need some sort of, I don't know about a specially designed helmet, a different kind of helmet? Or? I'm not sure yet. I, I, I'm going to leave that to the trainers and the doctors and, and uh, the equipment manager and, and see if they can all get together and, and figure and formulate a plan of action and, and go forward from there. Bill, you said that you spoke to Trent for an hour just mm -hmm. about everything with your relationship. What mm -hmm. was, can you give us a sense of what the conversation was like, what your thoughts with him were and what his thoughts with you were? It was a really good conversation uh, about a lot of things. Um, I wouldn't want to disclose that because it was private, and uh, no, it was just it was just a, a real positive, you know, uh, catch-up type conversation, and just kind of going back and forth on you know a little bit um, on our relationship over the years and how things are going with the team and you know where we're headed and how we're moving forward here. So uh, that, that was kind of more of the gist of it. I just wanted to clarify: there's been previous reporting that Trent passed his physical and then. You said that it's the helmet issue today, but you said that that is technically a failed physical, just to be clear on that? Yeah, he did not pass his physical today, yes. Okay, and do you have any kind of timeline of when he can retest that or when we could expect I'm gonna to I'm going to gather him? a little bit more information, and uh, as soon as I have a little bit more uh, things to report, then I'll certainly share that with you. Bill, regardless of whether he passes or not a physical, mm -hmm. do you expect him to ever play for this team again? Uh, I, I'm hopeful that he does. Uh, I, I've got a lot of respect for Trent and what he's achieved here and what he's done. Uh, I look at it through the eyes of the player, and uh, I've seen the sacrifices that he's made, the work that he's put in when he's here uh, and playing. Um, you know, he's, he's one of the elite, one of the more elite offensive linemen I've ever had the privilege to coach. Uh, and I've been fortunate enough to be around a lot of them, and uh, he has all the he has all the ingredients, tools, traits, whatever you want to call it. You know, he has that. He has that makeup. He has that skill set uh, to be really good in this league, and he has been. He's proved that. Just based on that conversation today, do you do you do you think that he wants to come back and play? I think his heart's in the right spot. I think Trent uh, loves football. Uh, there's nobody that loves football more. That's into it. That studies the game that really, uh, really gets into the matchups and is challenged by the matchups. So, uh, yeah, I, there's no question that uh, he has a love and a passion for playing football. Sorry to continue to parse this out. It was the only reason he failed the physical, the helmet issue, or were there other health concerns as well? No, it's the only one that I reported is the one I'm sharing with you. So if that were fixed, he would be yeah. cleared to the practice yeah. field. And, you know, that, if, that has occurred, and, and really that's the gist of it. And, we're really focused right now on Buffalo and everything we're preparing for on the field. So 
that's where that's where we're directed. That's where our focus is directed. Was there a reason you guys did not trade him yesterday? I know that was a communicated desire. Not that I'm aware of, no. A little bit off topic. Um, can you update mm -hmm. us on Case's status? Yeah, he's still in the concussion protocol right now. So how are you guys preparing this week as far as getting Dwayne, um, mm -hmm. I guess, ready in case mm -hmm. Case can't go and how you guys are doing practice reps and all that good yeah. stuff? Just like I reported on Monday, uh, there's no change in how we're, you know, doing the reps on the field. Hey, Bill, since you've taken over, there's been a lot of talk about accountability, players, coaches, everybody in the building. How do you reconcile that when you talk to Trent after he's missed the whole year, just that level of accountability? Well, I think, you know, uh, every situation is different, JP. Every, every circumstance is different. Every player is different. So I look at it in that context and – uh, this is a situation that's, that's a little bit more unique and different than I think than uh, most people have seen in the past. And then, so I'll leave it at that. How was the reception, players, other coaches, everybody, when they did see Trent for however yeah, I long think it was, that was? I think it was really positive, real positive. Bill, I understand you, you wanting to keep your conversation with Trent private. Mm -hmm. A lot of the reasons that were, have been speculated as to why he didn't show up do you get are things that doesn't seem like would be paved over just by? Yeah, having... I wouldn't. Again, I'm I'm not going to get into all of my, my conversation sure. with Trent. It's private and it's and it's personal, and I'm sure you respect that. Sure. And uh, you know, uh, it, it was just good to see him back. And uh, like I said, uh, it's unfortunate, but we have a game to play. We're focused on on the Bills and our preparation uh, this coming Sunday, and we've got our we. Definitely got our hands full. They're a really good team in a lot of different aspects. And, and I respect the privacy. My only question is, based on what you heard from him, are the concerns something that can be paved over? Do you think whatever these issues are that he has are something that if he gets past his physical, he'd be good to go in, in his own mind? Yeah, like I say, I think it's a day-to-day it's a -day thing. So, you know, tomorrow's another day, and we'll, we'll see where we're at tomorrow. Sorry to take you back to yesterday, but trade deadline, I know obviously lots of discussions mm -hmm. are had. What, what was that day like for you and, and ultimately? It was just a normal day. <laughs> it's no different than any other day. <laughs> There's talk of buyers and sellers. You guys know the record is what it is. How do you communicate going forward? You know, some coaches will say, you're playing to win, but we also play for the future and we play to, to build for the future. What, what's your message to this team? Well, we, we're playing to win. I mean, every every day we walk into the team room, position rooms, unit rooms, uh, we're playing to win. And, uh, you know, everybody on the roster has to be ready at any point in time, um, especially this game. You know, because as you look at last Sunday's game against the Eagles, you know, pretty adverse conditions weather-wise. You know, a lot of wind and uh, things of that nature is going to be similar uh, going up north. And uh, we're going to have to battle the elements be focused, play a physical game against a team I think is is really on the move. You know, you look at, it, at their record and you see what they've accomplished on defense. I think they're the third-ranked defense in the league. Uh, we've played the top two defenses, and, uh, you know, they're just the next challenge, and, and they're good. They're good everywhere, especially, you know, their rush game, the pressure game, good in coverage. They mix a lot of different uh, elements up in their coverage. Uh, really good offensively. Uh, Brian Dabo's an excellent offensive coordinator. Uh, I think he's got them going pretty good. They're running the ball effectively. 
And Josh Allen, wow. I mean, the plays that he can make extending the football. He's, I think he's the third leading quarterback rusher in the, in the league right now with over 250-some yards. Um, but he, he presents a challenge for us. You know, he's like a young Cam Newton that can, you know, can extend plays with his legs. He can, he can be featured in their quarterback running game, you know, just like a normal running back. But uh, he's, a, he's a challenge, especially in third down, where he can extend plays with his feet. He can frustrate a rush because he's so big, he's physical, he's quick, strong, and uh, he can make plays. There's some really impressive plays from last week and throughout the season that you see him make, uh, avoiding rushes and having the escapability to extend plays. Uh, really, really problematic in a lot of regards. I'm sure people that have defended him have seen the same thing. And, uh, Coach, you're going to have uh, – right, right here. You have uh, Frank Gore and Adrian Peterson going to be in the mm -hmm. same game together. Can you talk a little bit about like the significance of that and how those two have just been mm -hmm. able to do what they're what they've been able to do for so long? Yeah, uh, two future Hall of Famers, no doubt, and um, a lot of respect for Frank Gore and what he has done and accomplished throughout his career. Uh, I feel you know, I feel great about AP. You know, meeting that challenge, and there's going to be a game within a game. You know, let's face it; those are two prideful professional athletes and they want to do really well and I know they got high respect for one another um, but you know it's interesting because when you evaluate Frank Gore on film what you see is a runner that he, he plays in a cut system run game where the gap game is featured so all the powers and the counters and things of that nature uh, come up and you see it and you see him flourish in those types of schemes and he doesn't need much of a crease because he has such a great feel for the scheme. He knows where the soft spots are at. And it's uh, pretty amazing, you know, to watch backs of his caliber read out a scheme like he does. When I was in New York with Ladanian, uh, I was always intrigued by the way that he ran the power type plays, you know, with the backside guard pulling and how he could feel linebackers and make cuts based on what the second level response was. And you don't see too many backs do that. And, and LT's vision was exceptional, as is Frank's and Adrian's. So it's really special to be around these types of guys and you know, for the fans to see two great backs in a game like this on a cold weather day going up north. It'll, it'll be interesting. It'll be a lot of fun. Just quick follow on that. Uh, we didn't see AP at practice, still dealing with the mm -hmm. ankle. Expect him to be good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was out there at practice today. We just backed him down today. He'll be good. Yeah. Two more. Uh, Bill. As it relates to running backs, Darius Geis, when you guys ran 11s, I noticed that Darius was off to the side. Obviously, I'm sorry, one more time. I said, speaking of running backs, Darius Geis, when you guys ran 11s, you guys had him off to the side. Obviously, he can't come back until week 11. Mm -hmm. But what did you guys have him do Monday? What has this been his participation in practice so far since returning? Yeah, so um, we, we worked him a lot on the scout team. He worked all throughout individual, and we also got him some team reps, you know, with our, with our first offense. Very limited, but we're trying to get him back into a flow, trying to get him back in the mix um, so he can get a feel for the schemes back again. But, yeah, I'm really proud of him and how he's worked to get back on the field. Like I mentioned to you Monday, I mean, you know, to come off of not one but two knee surgeries in one year, in less than a year, uh, it's pretty impressive. Just, you know, speaks volumes for his diligence, his want to, his will, you know, and uh, to fight through rehabilitation to get back on the field. Uh, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of guts, you know. It takes a lot of courage to do that. And again, uh, to his credit. Okay, two quick ones. Um, an update on Chris Thompson. 
give an update. Yeah, uh, Chris uh, was back down today, so uh, we're still evaluating him day to day. And then did, did Dwayne take all the first team reps then today? Yes, the majority okay. of them, yes. Majority? Okay. Yes. Did, did uh, Trent today, did he take part in meet team meetings? Did he attend all those? And will he be doing that stuff? Will he be doing all those things? Yes, he did this morning. All right, and that's interim head coach Bill Callahan coming up next. The first part of Eye on the Enemy, a look from a numbers perspective at the Buffalo Bills on offense, the Redskins' next opponent. This is LOR. Episode number 342. Great to have you with us. All right, we wrap up the Locked on Redskins podcast with this one part of our two-part Eye on the Enemy feature as we look at the Buffalo Bills on offense. Let's take a look. The yards per game for the Bills, 345.7. That's just below the NFL average of 350.1, so they're pretty on pace uh, with that. Just the same for yards per play, 5.43 yards per play. The NFL league average, a 5.55. In terms of rushing yards per game, they're well above the league average. League average at 110.8, which is what the number usually hovers around the Bills. And Frank Gore and, of course, Josh Allen, who can extend a lot of plays and will create nightmares for the Redskins as they try and chase him down 130.4, 130.4. The Bills average 4.88 rushing yards per play. The league average 4.27, so significantly above there. Now, where they trail a little bit, 215.3 passing yards per game. League average just shy of 240 passing yards per play, also significantly behind 6.31 compared to the league average of 6.91. One. Um, in terms of interception rate, they're at 3.35%. The league average, 2.29. So Josh Allen obviously still has some way to go uh, as a young quarterback. But as Joe Marino told us earlier this week on Crossover Wednesday, certainly he has improved significantly. In terms of sacks per pass attempt, uh, the bills are higher as well, 8.37% compared to the league average of 7.26%. Uh, first downs, they're right about the league average, 20-plus uh, there. They have a pretty good kick return game, 29.6 per kick return, league average. Uh, they're just under 23. So that is something to look forward to uh, or be worried about, I guess, uh, as we say, field goals should be an adventure for both Dustin Hopkins and the Bills. Uh, although, you know, we don't know the exact weather conditions for this game. Uh, the Bills have only made 70% uh, of their kicks, which is below the league average. They only are 34.48% on third down. That's well below uh, the league average of 39.2. So maybe the Redskins catch a little bit of a break there, especially if they can force a couple of third and eights, third and nines, third and tens, that type of situation. Fourth down, they're well behind. Only uh, they've converted 28.5%. The league average there, 47.01%. Uh, In the red zone, they've been pretty good, well above the league average, 70.5%. That's what that strong running game uh, and the unpredictability of Josh Allen will do. Uh, so really good stuff out of the red zone uh, for the Buffalo Bills offense. Goal to goal, they've been very good, just shy of 89 percent that's well above the league average average possession time little surprising to see at this low 30 16 
uh, for a good running team, it's normally a little bit higher than that. Uh, so it's kind of interesting to see uh, that in points per game, 19.1, compared to the league average of 22.4. So again, that's uh, about a field goal or so lower than the league average. All right, that's going to do it for us right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. We will have eye on the enemy, the defense, uh, coming up for the Buffalo Bills in our next edition as well. More updates from Redskins Park, concussion protocol, Trent Williams, all of that still to come uh, on the next episode of LOR. Again, I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us. Thanks for being with us. Adios.